Nene a coma kaikale ale aikala vema alunamalalo. Welcome to the Kingless Generation, a podcast on the deep history of class struggle and paleo parapolitics. I'm your host, Fergal Schmoodlock. Warmest greetings at the end of summer here, beginning of, of fall. Uh, in Tokyo, classes have started again for the new semester, so I'm a little bit just settling into that. But I want to get uh, an episode out right now for sure. And I'm going to finally deal with Endo Shusaku this time. This is going to be, inevitably, I'm going to tell myself this is a preliminary sketch because there's so much to say, so much more that I could look into, but. Yeah, I, I don't have time at all, but we're just going to talk about one short story for this time uh, called Mothers. Uh, I have an English translation, so it's easy to talk about that. Haha Narumono. Uh, Endo was one of the first things that I ever read in Japanese as I was getting better, right, learning it. And I read a couple of, of novels of his. And bef- before I was coming to Japan, right, when I was still kind of a tradcath at the end of college, I read Silence, right, and Japan at that moment in in my worldview was kind of like a challenge, you know, it's like, as I think a lot of, uh, maybe a lot of Abrahamists in general who know anything about Japan, it's kind of like, oh, the one that got away, the one that was not uh, Christianized or something, or, you know, and there's this, it's this uh, example in the post-war you know, we got to think about when do these things date to exactly. That's another thing. In the post-war, certainly, Japan is like a, a non-Western, yet capitalist, right, successful capitalist power, uh, right, which is real, of course. You know, you can, um, the drug networks, drug trafficking, sex trafficking uh, networks all over the place uh, that, that form the the base and and uh finance obviously finance uh that form the basis for a real bourgeoisie uh or something that japan definitely has and well had had i don't know about today that's another interesting that's another, another question actually i think but so uh endo shusaku he's known as a, a catholic author he yeah, he wrote Silence, right? Which was just recently made into a film by Martin Scorsese. You can, you've probably seen that, right? That's how a lot of people will know it today. Um, I read an English translation of that, yeah, right before I was going to come to Japan and was like, um, yeah, kind of infuriated by it because, of course, the ending is sort of like, uh, the ending is like, yeah, it's okay to to disavow the faith and because Jesus understands that and Jesus accepts even the stepping, even the denying of the denial of faith is Jesus can accept this as like part of his acceptance of, uh, you know, suffering for the sins of humanity, redemptive suffering and all that. Right. So, but actually what I realized more and more, the more that you read of him, like he is inseparable from the post-war political context and from the class struggle uh, going on globally, right, in which Japan is this important pawn, and his work fits right into that history, right, as I hope to just barely sketch out today. Because you can see from the timeline of his life and all of this, um, maybe I won't do that. Maybe I'll get right into the story. So the story that I'm going to take up 
gives you this this extra d- perception, this extra like level uh, of understanding why his work is all about the post-war, which you wouldn't necessarily think, right? If you've maybe maybe you've seen the film Silence, say. And you would see that and, and think, oh, it's, it's about, you know, that time. Well, um, let's see, where should we start? You know, like, uh, basically, so let me try to, so I'll try to, I'll stay, I'll try to state as, as much of a core thesis right about now as I can. Uh, Endo's view of the reason why he is interested in the Kirishtan is sort of about, this is why Japan couldn't achieve the kind of good imperialism and good liberal imperialism of a good spiritual quality that the Christian countries of uh, Europe really could in some way. And I think mostly his his model for this is Anglo-American imperialism, even though he has all of these European connections, right? And he actually has lots of Israeli connections. He goes to Israel a lot. Um, I mean, part of that is just he's visiting the Holy Land, I think, uh, for his inspiration for his novels, you know, the timelines of his life always list, you know, Shuzai no Tamini. Another place he goes a lot is Thailand, uh, interestingly. So, um, yeah, and that's something, well, so, um, but basically, yeah, the whole, the whole thing is like, why were we not able to be nice imperialists and good imperialists? And it's because of a flaw in the Japanese character. I've discussed this before. This is a common thesis, and you know, it was part of Endo Shusaku's work. the The parapolitical angle on that, the kind of spycraft angle on that, is is that that was its function for at least some people, for a lot of people, I think, to establish this thing. Like, you know, Japan is just oh, it's so different, man. It's so different. It's not. It has. So it's completely other. You know you know, uh, oriental maybe, uh, nature, which allows, doesn't allow Japanese people to fully embrace, you know, Catholicism, even though, and he says this about himself too. He famously says like, oh, it's like an ill-fitting set of school uniform clothes that my mother bought for me and it doesn't quite fit like a starched collar, you know, and, uh, you know, there's, uh, and there's something to obviously Japanese cultural uniqueness, all of this. Uh, there's a distinct intellectual history. There's a distinct cultural history, which I'm very well aware of. But yeah, there's a particular cartoonish version of this where like Japan and and in the post-war, Japan has to be not even Asian, not even Eastern. You know, the Easternness and Asianness are very, very secondary. It's, it's mostly just that it's totally unique in this Japanese way. And that's mostly what I think uh, people were encouraged to write about. People were encouraged, and and he, his connections to the establishment start very early. Actually, it's interesting his his life. Maybe we won't do that right now, but I want to. I do want to get in. So, uh, what you get in this story, haha narumono, um, mothers, you know, which is a good translation of the title. Uh, you get two layers. He is reminiscing about his childhood, in a way that. The timeline there can't quite be accurate because his mother dies. He stages the death of his mother at a time that it can't be uh, in reality. So, well, maybe that means we do have to go through the timeline a little bit. So he's born in 1923 in Sugamo, which is on the northern end of the loop line around central Tokyo. 
So you'll know what that is if you've been on the Yamanote line in Tokyo. And But then just three years later, his family moves to the Japanese colony of called Manchuria in northeast China in uh, the city of Dalian, uh, or Dairen in Japanese pronunciation. His father is a banker. He was the head of Daisan Ginko, the number three bank, and that gets bought by Yasuda Bank. And so he served at Yasuda Bank and then also the Yasuda Zaibats. So he's a, he's a banker. And, and he as well actually wrote a book called Kirishitan Daimyo Otomo Sourin. So he wrote this book about Otomo Sourin, which is one of the Christian daimyos, the Christian lords. So he has this interest as well in like um, Kirishitan stuff, which is really interesting too, huh? So he died, his father dies in 1989, okay, at the age of 92. Uh, yeah, so quite. And then, um, interestingly, I'll just get out as well that Endo's son, Yunosuke, Endo Yunosuke, is the, the CEO of Fuji Television. So communications and culture. Uh, his, his father originally disowned him because he... So he had initially entered the Sophia University, um, just, just the undergraduate program is all that it says, but his father really wanted him to be a doctor. And this undoubtedly has to do with his father being actually from the countryside. He's from Totori uh, City, which is on Shikoku, right? That's actually not um, where, you know, there's a lot of, that's not Kyushu, right? It's the other, it's the inland sea, right? So it's not actually um, the place where the most uh, Kirishitan Daimyo were, uh, the most, you know, Christian mission activity was. Although it was all over the country. It's interesting to realize, like, you know, there's, um, the, the Jesuits were just mostly in Kyushu. Actually, the mendicant order is like Franciscans, Dominicans, Augustinians get all over the place, including the Northeast Right, where where a lot of the Christians from the capital region were exiled. So there, there comes to be a whole capital region group of exiles in the Northeast. They get forced to be mining workers later on. So that's a whole other story. But yeah, so Totori is where his father, Endo Shusaku's father, is from, and he gets adopted by uh, the Endo family, who is his adopted father is a doctor. So this would be why Endo Shusaku is pressured to be a doctor. When he transfers to Keio and transfers, instead of the medical school, he enters the French literature school. He is disowned by his father. And this would be why, right? Uh, he would be invested in him being a doctor. He wanted him to be a doctor. Because his and he did, because he sort of wasn't right like he became a finance financier instead, sort of um, kind of interesting. Uh, so yeah, nineteen so from nineteen twenty six he's in Dalian. Uh, his father definitely it seems did get a, a mistress fairly quickly, and and his parents divorce by the time they're about by the time Endo is about ten. And he and his mother go back to Japan. He and the, his mother and the children. He has an older brother, right, who is not really a public figure. 
and yeah, they go back to Japan, and that's where his mother becomes a a violin teacher. That'll that'll be important in the story, and he and she also then converts to Catholicism. That's sort of part of the divorce, uh, right? That's part of how she deals with the divorce, and he uh, and Oshusaku also is baptized. And you can tell that he was an, you know, he was, he talks about Christianity being a bad fit for him somehow as part of his whole brand, but he's writing essays in school magazines about, you know, the, the gods and the, the God, you know, he's, he's, he's any, his early, his very earliest publication of any kind was called something like metaphysical God and a religious God or things like this. And this is all during the, the wartime. Interestingly, he graduates middle school in 1940. 1941 is when he enters the Sophia University kind of um, prep high school type program, and but leaves the next year. And then 1943, he enters the KO University Department of, uh, well, he the kind of high school, finishing school. And then in um, 44, he enters um so you know like very unaffected by the war interestingly very unaffected and but uh, supposedly the end of the war he has been disowned that's when he actually gets disowned in 1943 and stays with a lot of different friends and then he ends up kind of in a, a dormitory living in a dormitory and then he he goes back and makes up with his father in 1946 so the, the end of the war finds him, you know, be interesting to learn more about sort of how did he spend that time, what was going on. But, um, yeah, so he then graduates in 48. He, and the first thing he tries to do is, is actually join Shochiku Movie Studios. So the different movie studios were actually very closely aligned with the occupation government and they were uh, exerting a whole lot of influence on them, sort of what they could what they could depict and what they couldn't. The classic work on that um, that, that I know uh, is Mr. Smith Goes to Tokyo, isn't it? And that's the on Japanese film during the occupation, right? And he does, yeah, he becomes a writer, right? And then he becomes the very first Japanese student to study in France after the war in 1950. So this is right away, you know. He's graduated in 48. He enters Lyon Daigaku, uh, Lyon University, right? And yeah, he, but he has bouts throughout his life with pleurisy and other lung uh, problems. So that's, that's another part of the, the story. So the story is kind of has two main threads. The one thread is that he is going to visit one of the still remaining communities of Kakure Kirishitan who are the ones that sort of refuse to join up again with the Catholic Church after the its French missionaries from the Société des uh, Missions Étrangères, it would be, and not the Jesuits, interestingly. Jesuits don't get back into Japan for a little while. Uh, one, because of the suppression of the order, and uh, yeah, so it, it's interesting. The, they like rediscover. So the French missionaries rediscover the believers. They start collecting some of the mission literature that still exists, right? 
and they start de deciding how to preach to them again and, and it actually they end up adopting a whole lot of Portuguese vocabulary and Portuguese sort of ways of expressing these things to try to accommodate the, the distinctive ways that these people have developed. Uh, but there still are some who ultimately refuse to kind of like reunite with the Catholic Church, right? And of course, this is an object of lots of fascination, right? The content of their writings that they have is, uh, yeah, quite quite different in in some ways, right? From uh, certainly modern Catholic stories, although I have my suspicions. This is another topic that I'm doing serious research on, but uh, I have my suspicions that there may be lots of other elements in there, like, uh, you know, hidden. Uh, some of the missionaries definitely were uh, from Jewish families that had been forced to convert, right, to uh, after the the, the so-called Reconquista, you know, really finishes up right in 1492, and that's the year that Columbus sailed the ocean blue, right, and that is key to understanding, right, the, the mission to Japan as well. So Spanish identity and Portuguese identity, the, the whole, and European identity is born out of those, right, as, as it transfers to the mem the momentum of imperialism early modern imperialism transfers to england right and uh the whole rest of the story you know but it's coming from this right it's coming from this moment where a backward uh right like this 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 area of europe which no major empire had ever taken much interest in uh is being developed at the fringes of the muslim world right, as the country of Al-Andalus. And that is suddenly, there's an insurgency, Christian insurgency against that, right, motivated by all kinds of um, crusader ideology and also uh, chivalric, ideas of chivalry, which are uh, also borrowed from the Islamic world. All of the symbolism of the belt and the, and the color green and the, and the, the rug, you know, I want to get into that uh, at some point too. But anyway... Um, that moment, you know, so that and and coming back to I want to link that moment actually to as well to this question of the place of Japan in the post-war vis-a-vis Christianity and vis-a-vis -vis nice imperialism. Right. Which um, I, I think a, a kind of Christian socialism. Right. That's the that's the name that is given to the post-war liberal parties that are allowed the post-war liberal politics, the kind of fake left, the compatible left that is allowed in Europe, it's Christian socialism, right? And you can see in Japan, they very much tried to make something similar, and I don't think it really stuck, right? I think what they ended up going with, with the LDP, was, was definitely not just like straight Catholicism, right? Probably much to the disappointment of more Catholic elements in Japan, maybe including Endo Shusaku, I don't know, right? Because uh, we, we've discussed on this program uh, Ariyoshi Sawako's r writing, right? And that, that, too, was just right in that vein. And, and you get a whole bunch of other writers that, that clearly have a lot of establishment support at that time. And I think they're definitely debuting and trying, trying out uh, this kind of liberal Christian socialism, social democracy as a kind of post-war, you know, ideological basis for the uh, welfare state and for anti-communism that still can be 
um, have some credibility as being sort of anti-fascist in some way. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Endo Shusaku is part of that. He's part of that. And he's part of that positioning. Right. But I think that positioning, right. You know, we, I think we have to remember the Eastern and Western, the, the, yeah. What happens when we remember the anxiety and the un- instability of categories of East and West in the birth of the West, in the birth of Europe, in the birth of white supremacy, right? And anti-blackness out of the, the so-called Reconquista of the Iberian Peninsula. So here's what I want to get. His mother doesn't die until 1953 when he graduated. You know, he graduated in 48. He came back to Japan in 33. Okay. So he's very much a grown-ass man. At that point, whereas in the story, his mother is depicted as dying when he's still like in high school. So that's an interesting fictionalization. What is that doing? Why is that in there? This has been a preview of a premium episode of the Kingless Generation podcast. You can hear the rest right away, as well as our whole back catalog of premium episodes. If you head on down to patreon.com slash irregnata that's unruled in latin feminine singular and become a member for a low low price of 333 us dollars i I hope that's a lucky number i don't know and you also get access to the members only discord server where you can discuss current events with your fellow anointed members of the kingless generation i'm fergal schmoodlock and thanks so much for listening